So don't fence me in. I get to that, and I thought of my spirituality. And unity is a great one for, for in its ways of saying, don't fence me in. But then once you get into unity, people still try to fence it in. They try to box it in so they can define it. And the thing is, you can't really define spirituality. Hard as we try, and let's face it, we've been trying since the beginning of time to box in whatever God may be. To put it in a fence, let's say, so that it can be seen and understood and explained and people can go on about their selfish ways. And then they find out it's not that. And then a spark goes off in many, in many of us. It's like, oh, well, wait a minute, God's so much more than what I just put out in the fence. I guess I gotta build a bigger fence. You know, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, oh, 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 I gotta build a bigger one, bigger, big, and, and suddenly, uh, there is no fence because you'd have to build a fence in outer space to go around the earth to put that God in. And then you go, oh, well, maybe I need to include Mars and the moon and the sun. And uh, maybe, and I, uh, my whole life, I've, I've, if I haven't said the words don't fence me in, I certainly implied them to people since I was a little boy. It's like, mm, I, th I think the way you're putting that, I think there's more to life than what you're telling me. I think there's more to me than what you're telling me. I think there's, and I know there's so much more to you than what you are telling me. And it could go for my parents, my grandparents, my brothers, my neighbors, <coughs> our, my teachers, you know, my friends. It's... It, it wouldn't it have been great somewhere along the line if we had decided, I'm safe. So I don't need to limit you in order for me to be safe. Wouldn't that have been fantastic if people had done that for themselves so that they would never have tried to limit us? And wouldn't it be great if I would do that for myself so that I never, ever try to do that again? I never try to limit someone again in order to make me safe. Ah, that'd be the best thing. I, mean, I, I, I would just love that. I, Charles Fillmore told a story about, Charles Fillmore is Unity's co-founder, for anybody who doesn't know that. And uh, way back when, he told this story about a, a, a man who wanted to buy a, a farm, farmland. And he was warned, everybody that tries to buy this, they end up in a lawsuit with the next door neighbor, it's like it's haunted or something. And he says, I'm gonna buy it anyway. And as he's surveying the land, he sees that the next door neighbor's fence is about three feet over on his property line. And so, so oh, there's where the problem has been. So he, goes to his, the new neighbor, you know, that he's just bought his land, so he wants to meet the new neighbor, knocks on the door, says, hey, I got a, your, uh, your fence is like three feet over on, on my property. And he says, really? Well, tell you what, let's move that fence four feet over to my property. And that way we'll have leeway. I've got acres and acres of land. I can spare an extra foot. And the guy says, well, they all said this was a problem. And he said, nobody ever asked me. 
They kept going to court about it. Nobody ever asked me. <laughs> they never explained exactly. So I don't care. Let's move the fence. And that's all it took. And so you see, there wasn't really a, there was no fence emotionally. And, uh, and so to go from there, to, oh, don't fence me. Don't, don't fence me in my lim in, with my limitations. You know, I have these limitations today. I had different ones yesterday. And I had different ones the day before. And tomorrow, these probably won't exist. I will have expanded on these ones, whatever these ones are. But tomorrow, I'll come up with some new ones. And inevitably, I will try to change some of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, to uh, make me safe. I, I live with him. That's why I say that. I, uh, uh, to make me safe. And, uh, but I, that's if I don't decide today I am safe. I am safe. And someone said, but there's all sorts of dangers in the world. And I said, well, yeah, but does that make me unsafe? There's always been dangers in the world. Read your Bible. <laughs> uh, but really, read your Bible, you will see. There, the, we've always been unsafe. There is stuff happening at every moment. I mean, look at this week. Who dropped a whole apartment building collapsed? You know, those people went to bed thinking they were safe. I saw pictures of that building. It was beautiful. I would have moved into that building. We just don't know. I don't want to live my life this small for fear that something awful is going to happen. And it's, it's a daily struggle for me. Uh, but I pray. And I expand and I grow. The other day I was talking with some friends about letting go and letting God. And it took me years and years and years to understand what that meant. Because people use it so, well, I'm just going to let go and let God. Okay, what does that mean? And they, nobody could ever, well, you know, you let go and you let God. <laughs> and that's like looking up in the dictionary. What's the definition of vase? And the definition is to put flowers in a vase. That doesn't tell me what a, what a vase is. It doesn't give me a definition. Uh, and let go and let God or turn it over to God. And and with my background, I, I've, I've heard so much about you know, making a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. But you see, first of all, you have to believe in a God that cares. Not a God that worries. We're clear on the difference. Not on a God that worries. We can't afford a God that worries about us. We can't afford a God that sees us as bad until we become good. We can't afford a God that sees the world as bad until it becomes good. Like somewhere God, there's a God, a person really, that is judging us and all of them and the world as bad and we should get better behaved. Why would I turn my will and my life over to the care of that God? Because, you see, if God is worried about my problems. God is my problem. 
When I first heard the term, the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God, I, uh, I was thrilled. I was just thrilled. I didn't really understand what it meant, but I knew it was good. And I felt an ease in my being. And I thought, oh, it doesn't mean I, have, I, I just whimsically and said, oh, well, it's all good. I want to hit people a little bit who say that to me a lot. <laughs> I really step on their toe. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. What do you mean it's all good? You have no idea what you're talking about. Let me let me step on your toe and you tell me it's all good. <laughs> you know. I, I sense someone here says that a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just picking it up in the vibes of the room. Uh, but it's all it's all good. It's all good. What, if you don't know what that means, if you can't explain what that means, please stop saying it. It's the same with my truth. Well, my, I just said my truth. What does that mean? You just said your opinion is what you said. You didn't say your truth. There's one truth. Um, truth. One truth, capital T, truth, that it has no opposite. The rest of this stuff is just new age speak, therapeutic speak, that doesn't benefit us so much and i i have worked very diligently i'll say for years to get specific in my speech so that i'm communicating what i'm actually thinking now sometimes when i do that someone will look at me like i have two heads and i just flew in from outer space because that language is a foreign language to a lot of people. And I've been surprised on more than one occasion. I remember one day I was talking to somebody. I said, well, she made her transition on such and such. She looked at me and said, she died. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I realized, oh, I learned a new language when I came into new thought. I learned a new language when I came in here that a lot of people have not embraced. But I'm invited, you know, I'll keep passing along my understanding of this language and see if it makes more sense to a lot of people so that we don't have to keep limiting ourselves with, with old language. Like to say that someone made their transition. That opens up to a world of possibilities. They just transformed from this life that they knew to whatever the next part of life they can know. Death is final. The term die is final. And, and we don't want to live in a finality. We want to live in an ever expansive understanding of the thought process. And so when I say truth, I, a capital T, it means that which has no opposite. And when I say my opinion, what that means is, it's my opinion. And so uh, you don't have to agree with me. It's just my opinion. It's just my current understanding. Uh, and, to, and to keep moving through that so that I'm not boxed in by myself and my own thinking. And I'm not trying to box you in with my thinking and I hopefully I'm standing strong and not allowing myself to once again be boxed in by your thinking. It's 
often impressive when I, I will suggest to someone to pray over it. Because it's, well, what does that mean to pray over it? Well, that means turn your will and your life over to the care of God. Well, what does that mean? Let go and let God. Well, what does that mean? And then I, if I get to those that many, what does that mean? I'll say, what's your vision of God? What do you understand God to be? And then I know how to work with someone. I know how, what language to speak in and, and what have you to find the biggest God possible for this moment. And because and, for me to turn my will and my life over to the care of God or to let go and let God. For instance, I used to be really afraid of getting up and speaking in front of people. And so I would say a prayer beforehand, you know, God, I offer myself to thee or something like that. That way I knew that talk was in God's hands and whatever happened was not about my ego. And so no matter what I felt like afterward, I was not allowed to judge that talk. I wanted to be fully embraced in a concept of God that fully embraced me. That's what I wanted, and that's what I created for myself for a long time until I started forgetting. But for a long time, it's like, okay, God, I offer because I know I am abundantly loved. I don't say I know you love me, but I am abundantly loved. And so even if I make a million mistakes in this talk, it is for the good of all. And then when I started singing, I had to do the same thing. Because I knew I was a nervous wreck and I was very self-conscious. So I wanted to become God-conscious at least before I sang the first note. So that way, whatever comes out, this is not a bad thing. It's just whatever can, comes out. And I feel however I feel. When I sang last week, I'll tell you, I was so uncomfortable when I was done because in my head, I was all over the place singing. And people said, that's the best I've ever heard that. You sounded so beautiful. And I said, what? I, co I couldn't hear that. I, I in my head, it, ooh, I was all over the, I'm looking at David. Are, we, are you playing the same song I'm singing? I it just <laughs> it was, uh, and that, that's what I was hearing in my head, but I kept moving forward. Because what else are you going to do? And then I find out, oh no, you did great, Sean. So, okay, what do I know? I know what I feel, I know what I think, but what I feel and think isn't the truth. That's just my self-consciousness usually. So I try not to fence myself in with what I feel and what I think. Give me land, lots of land, and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. So I say that to myself as well. Now David and I are learning in our relationship to expand, to give space to the other, each other for our neuroses, for our desires, for an expanded belief, for all our stuff. And Charles Fillmore says that when you do that, uh, you know, when you really turn your life over to the care of God, something awful is likely to happen at first. <laughs> you know, something's likely to fall out from under you because that's what has to happen on the way to your next good. 
Not always. Don't worry. Not. It's all. Oh God! I'm terrified. Turn my will and my life over to God because the bottom's going to get ripped out. But sometimes everything unlike it will appear in your life because you've got to see what your beliefs are. You've got to see where you've been thinking wrongly, or otherwise we will keep trying to dress up our old. Mm, illusions in new clothes to, you know, as if, oh, see how different it is, see how much better it is, but I'm still reacting as if I didn't believe or as if I believed in the absence of God. And I want to live my life joyfully. An example that was presented to me was Isaac in uh, Genesis. Isaac was given some land in the star skies above. And, uh, and, and, the, and the Pharisees came along and said, yeah, but we're going to take this. <laughs> okay, then I'll move over here. And he went over here and he built some wells. And the Pharisees came over and said, yeah, but we're taking your wells. Oh, okay. So I'll go over here and I'll build more wells. Finally, they stopped because they saw Isaac is joy-filled. Isaac isn't fighting us. Isaac isn't mad at us. Isaac isn't hating himself. And what they saw was that he had a very powerful relationship with something. What they decided is it was a relationship with God. And it was Isaac's relationship to his source that brought him his joy. And so he could practice non-resistance all over the place. And so, you know, so he uh, just said, well, okay, fine. There's land over here that'll be wonderful, too. This must be God's land. And he gets over there and people, people come along and say, oh, no, no, we want this, too. You like it too much here. If we're going to have to take it, it must be good for us if you like it. And he could have given up saying, oh. It's just too much. Every time I set my goal, every time I try to do something, every time it gets taken away from me, every time. It's like, no, at some point it will not be taken away from us. At some point. And so we just have to keep moving forward and uh, trying. You heard David sing last week, many of you. David's been working for years to be able to sing like that again. And uh, he still doesn't know when that's going to get ripped out from under him. But he had a night for the first time in a year and a half where he sang in public. And he sang beautifully. Because he kept, he kept, he kept. I can't tell you how many days that I'll never be able to sing. I'll never be able to sing. And then he wrote a beautiful song and he sang it. So I know it's possible. And I, you know, everything isn't about singing a song. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want to write a book? Do you want a new job? Do you want a relationship? What do you want? And so you keep working towards it. Do you want to get well if you've not been well? What do you want? And do you believe even somewhat that it's possible? If you're struggling, instead of working on the thing you want, Work on your joy level. 
expand your joy. Don't fence your joy in that my, this has to happen in order for me to be joyful. Start deciding when I am joyful, this will happen. When I am joy-filled, this will happen. When I am joyful, I will sing a joyful song. I will make a joyful noise. But make that joyful noise unto the Lord, as it says. Not to your ego, not to your self-consciousness. A joyful noise unto the Lord, even if it's terrifying. Oh my gosh, the first time I got on a unity stage pulpit, we, uh, we were opening the church in New York. I was about to become their first board president. And I was going to lead uh, the closing prayer. That's what I was asked to lead, uh, the, the prayer for protection. And I was so self-conscious. And I was up there, divine love flowing through me, blesses and multiplies all that I have and all that I give and all that I would have and all that I would. It was like spelling Mississippi. <laughs> I couldn't find an ending to that prayer. <laughs> it just... It's a, how does it end? And I'm getting lost and I'm embarrassed up there in front of everybody. We had about 500 people our first Sunday. And I was just mortified. It's like, whoa, divine love. And it's like, after that service, I said, no more of this. These people are here to love me. These people in this sanctuary are here to love me. They're not waiting for me to fail. And so if I fail, they know it was just me trying again to succeed. And so they would root for me. If you'd have heard the ovation I got from that church the day I walked up there and said, I just got my own church in Connecticut. I've never, never received an accolade like that. They stood and they clapped and they screamed, and they stayed there for a really long time. David was there. I mean, it was shocking. And I noticed the one person who wasn't. <laughs> Till finally, even he had to get up and cheer and scream because he looked a fool if he didn't. And that person and I get along fine now. But I had to take it in that these people were on my side and, and happy because my success was their success. Are you willing that everybody's success be your success? And are you willing that your success is everybody's success? See, this is the bigness. Now suddenly there, there's almost no fence left at all. Care of God, the love of God, the joy of God. How are you going this week to expand your joy? Even if you say, oh, I'm pretty joy-filled. That's not, what pretty joy-filled? What does that mean? I'm pretty joy-filled. That's nice. How are you going to be expressing the joy of the Lord in your mind, in your body, in your home, in your work, in your play, in every phone call? I worked with somebody years ago. Uh, who was a real estate person, and what, what I had, to, I gave him, and he started to work with it. Every time the phone rings, you say, this is a friend calling. Because he had enemies calling him all day long in his head. 
ah, oh, this person's not going to give me what I want in this version. I said, no, from now on, only friends call on this phone. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Only friends call on my phone. So, you answer your phone. It's a sales call. <laughs> Be nice. Be kind and say, I'm just not interested, but thank you. Don't hate that. Don't hate sales calls. Don't hate, what do you call them? Telemarketers. Telemarketers. Don't hate them. Don't hate the robots. Don't hate. Once you love them, they have to go away. Once you love these people, they have, they're they not going to want to bother you anymore. So, I'm going to read these couple of little things. Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. It comes from the book of Acts in the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. It says, your joy shall increase as you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Where spirit shall lead you to see no value where there is none. We hear that. Spirit shall lead you to see no value where there is no value. And to know that love is already within your heart. This love, which is the source of all joy, is not a special love that includes some but not all. We hear that. The love of God doesn't include some but not all. The love of God includes all. It is an encompassing love from which joy comes bursting forth from your heart into the world you see. This comes from the book of James, chapter 1. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this and store it in your mind and heart. Be quick to listen to the true desire of the heart, and you are quick to realize the joy, the joy of your heart. Your truth is joy. So whenever you are not joy joyful, you are misunderstanding what you are. Isn't that a lovely piece of advice? When you are not joyful, you are misunderstanding what you are. So in our spiritual work, in our spiritual endeavors, pay attention. Are you knocking down your fences or are you painting them a new color? <laughs> might be a prettier color but it's a fence is still a fence and a fence serves two purposes is to keep things in and to keep danger out if there's no danger and I have to work on this as much as anybody maybe more than some ah <laughs> uh, he's nodding his head he knows uh, but to realize, uh, I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. I don't have to put a fence around my life to protect myself. I don't have to paint my fence a pretty color so I can pretend it's not a fence. I can say, Sean, don't fence me in. Because I am so loved. that I am so loved. As God is for me, nothing is against me. So let us move forward today 
and expanding our joy. So it is. Amen.